Line Podcast. What's going on? This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Fadizzi alongside Neil Villapiano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. Before we get started, you know the drill. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the MVP show, hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at Anchor.fm. And if you like what you see on YouTube, please Leave a like and a comment down below. It helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. We are in the middle of Super Bowl week. The big game is only a few days away. We are so, so pumped. Tampa Bay and Kansas City in Tampa Bay. 25,000 fans allowed. It's going to be an absolute blast. And one thing we've got we've got to mention in the last uh, top five list that we did is that hopefully uh, the weekend does not let us down with this Super Bowl halftime show. Is I actually I actually like the weekend. He's one of my uh, my guilty pleasure type of artists that I like to listen to every now and then. So I do appreciate him. He's super talented. So hopefully he won't let us down. But anyway, probably will. Um, but uh, but no, this this particular top five list. I have breaking news. Oh, breaking news. news. All right, what do we got? Right here. All right, so EA Sports just put out on their Twitter account that said, for those who never stop believing, college football is coming back. That's right. For the first time since 2013, when they last made their last NCAA football game, NCAA football 14, they have announced that they are finally – Bringing that sucker back, and I am so freaking pumped. Are you serious? You have no idea how long it's taken to get to this point. And (laughs) look, and and I know obviously we we got a top five to do here, but but let's talk about this for a minute here. Let's let's talk about this. No, no, go ahead. This is important. This is very important. We know that for a long time, college athletes have tried to get – you know, money for their likeness. And we know how big it's been between the NCAA being like, well, you know, we don't want to do that, but now we're kind of, you know, for that, we started to see how, you know, some schools are allowing players to, to get some money off of their likeness, which is great. We know that, you know, Madden over the last couple of years has been able to get a couple of colleges here and there to, you know, um, be on the game, you know, for certain modes of the game. And we're always talking about, you know, when are we going to get that opportunity to come back? And we know we had college football revamped, uh, which is a game you could get online, uh, right. you know, which is great. You could download it and, it and it looks like it's, it's brand new, even though it's off of NCAA football 14, but for them, EA sports to decide to finally get the opportunity to do this. It's huge for a lot of diehard football fans who want that experience to play college football. This is great. I don't know what it's going to be like. They literally just announced it three minutes ago. So you guys are hearing this the minutes after it was broke, broke, the news was broken. And this is, this is so important for a lot of fans like myself. And I'm so excited that they're finally bringing the damn game back because being a sports video game nut that I am, I've missed college football video games. Like we just don't have it. We just haven't had it. 
and now we're finally going to get it. Now, it is EA Sports, and they kind of suck at what they do. Um, Madden is terrible. Um, you know, FIFA's kind of crappy. Um, I don't know the other ones. I could. Uh, I don't even know. Um, uh, NHL is meh. Uh, it's really meh if you ever play yeah. it. Um, yeah. Because Ultimate Team is such a big thing now. But hopefully, you know, pray to God, hopefully that with the decision to bring back college football, that they use this as an opportunity to really make the game good instead of worrying about Ultimate Team and worrying about microtransactions. Just focus on making the game good because that will get you more people to jump on and it will show you that, hey, even though microtransactions is great for you guys, no question about it, you know, getting a good game out there will get you even more money. So you got to put the time in. You got you to gotta come out with a bang, man. You really got to come out. Whenever this game comes out, hopefully it comes out, you know, in the next couple of months. I have no idea. It better come out with a bang because I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm pumped. I don't know who's going to be on the cover. Probably Trevor Lawrence. But we'll see. But this is awesome. I'm so freaking happy. Um, I just wanted to share that. No, that and that's... I dropped a couple. I dropped a couple expletives um, on social media to kind of explain <laughs> my um, my feelings towards it. But uh, yeah, this is awesome. So uh, I don't know. My week's getting better. Just <laughs> no, that 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 actually really is awesome. But you know, like you said, EA tends to not not be the greatest. But hopefully, uh, hopefully they actually live up to the hype with this one and actually give us sports video game fans what we want. Yeah, and I also would like to say that um, there is a guy on YouTube by the name of Soft Drink TV. He has just about 96,000 subscribers. He basically has been the guy that has really gone out and exposed Madden, exposed EA Sports, shown all these other games that used to be out there that are much better, even if they're like two decades older than even the earliest, you know, even the newest Madden. Um, And he does a fantastic job. So please... Please go check him out as well. You know, he has videos like EA doesn't want you to watch this video. Uh, Madden NFL 21 is not good. A review. Um, you know, the last great Madden. I mean, he does a lot of those as well. And he also has an NCAA football video as well. Go watch those before you decide to get him, get Madden. Even though it's tough because it's the only licensed NFL video game out there right now. Go watch them because it will give you a different idea as to why Madden has been a dying franchise. Um, but hopefully with bringing back NCAA football, we can start to actually get good damn content. So let's freaking go. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, like I said, hopefully, hopefully they can live up to the hype for us sports video game fans. That is, that is tremendous news. So congratulations to them on that. So with that freaking news, congratulations to all the people on social media that have been banging their fists on the table like I have for six, seven years to try to get this damn thing done. And now they finally did it. And I'm glad the EA acknowledged that and said, oh, you guys never stop believing because at some point we were going to get this. So I'm glad that, that the, 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 fans of e, the fans of NCAA football deserve this. And well, this is what I'm happy about. Well, hopefully but it's I, worth the wait after six, seven years. Let's, let's hope that. It better much. be. It better freaking be. But it's, EA, it's EA Sports. You can't, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's worth it, man. But that's awesome news. But anyway, though, with that breaking news aside, today we have another Super Bowl themed top five list. As last episode, yep. we did our top five Super Bowl halftime shows. 
Today, we are going to count down our top five favorite Super Bowl games ever. Now, again, I have to reiterate this every time. These are strictly our own opinions, not fact. So please do not get into a hissy fit. If you agree or disagree, that is fine. And if you want to leave your own list, let us know on Twitter and Instagram or leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. So with that out of the way, top five Super Bowl games. Neil, if you don't mind, my man, I will kick things off with the top five Super Bowl games according to yours truly. What was that, Neil? I said, go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. So. Here we go, starting off with number five on my list. Now, this might be just a bit biased, but Super Bowl 25, Giants-Bills. This was probably one of the NFL's most memorable games, obviously starting off with Whitney Houston's incredible rendition of the National Anthem. I mean, you just knew it was going to be a great game, and it had – Everything, a back-and-forth effort by both teams that ended on a Scott Norwood 47-yard field goal that missed wide right as time expired. The Giants ended up winning the Super Bowl by a final score of 20-19. to So, Super Bowl 25, Giants-Bills. Might be a bit biased, but that's number five on my list. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at that Super Bowl, what you have to remember is this. The Giants went into that Super Bowl without their starting quarterback, Phil Sims. They pretty much had, you know, they had Jeff Hostetler as their quarterback, Otis Anderson or O.J. Anderson, as some people call them, um, you know, as their, as their running back. And, you know, their defense was solid, but it wasn't anything necessarily right home about. Now, the Giants were coming off of the upset of knocking off the Niners from getting an opportunity to go for a three-peat. And then they go into the Super Bowl and led by Bill Belichick, he created the perfect game plan against, at the time, arguably the greatest offense we had ever seen in in the National Football League with the K-Gun offense of the Buffalo Bills with Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, you know, those guys putting out points after points after points. And for them to only come up with 19 points in the Super Bowl was a job well done by the Giants defense and a great job by Bill Belichick, as it proved right away that Bill Belichick knew what he was talking about and he knew what it took to win those big games. And yes, it did come down to a wide right field goal attempt by Scott Norwood, but still, the Giants would have gotten blown out had it not been for the great job by Bill Belichick and that defense. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, again, might be a bit biased, but Super Bowl 25 Giants-Bills is number five on my list. Number four, Super Bowl 32 Broncos-Packers. Now, in case you don't remember the Super Bowl, let me give you a little bit of a rundown here. John Elway and the Broncos were pretty much the butt of many jokes after losing three Super Bowls in embarrassing fashion. Not only lost, an embarrassing fashion. Keep that in mind, okay? From 1987 until 1990. But they finally overcame that reputation with the first of two consecutive victories. The Packers were down by as much as 10, but came back to tie it with Brett Favre's third touchdown pass of the game with 13-32 left in the fourth quarter. But Terrell Davis, who had a migraine during the game, by the way, returned to score a record-breaking third rushing touchdown with 145 remaining, and Terrell Davis would go on to win Super Bowl MVP, and John Elway would finally get his first ring. And of course, you can't forget the famous helicopter move 
by John mm. Elway. That's one of the most iconic plays of all time. So Super Bowl 32, Broncos Packers is number four on my list. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, John Elway, once again in the Super Bowl, had lost three other Super Bowls prior. And a lot of people were wondering if that was going to be his last year in the NFL. But the Broncos were ready to go to get to that Super Bowl, and they were going to do whatever it took. They brought in Neil Smith via free agency after he had tormented the Broncos for many years while playing for the Kansas City Chiefs to, you know, help that that defense. Terrell Davis, who pretty much started as a special teams guy to become arguably one of the greatest running backs of all time to get to 2,000 yards the year after they won Super Bowl 32. You know, they were ready to go, and they were taking on a Packers team that looked like that they could very well go for a dynasty run. I think had they won that second straight Super Bowl, I think we would have started talking about them being a dynasty. And Brett Favre, it would have cemented him as maybe even further along in the list as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And it's, dis- and it's disappointing when you think about because that was the last time he ever got to the Super Bowl um, right. in his career, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, John Elway, he wanted to do everything he could. And he realized that he didn't have to carry the team like he did in years past. He had a great running game. He had really good receivers. He had a great defense, and they proved it. And he went out there and did that helicopter play because it showed he wanted to win that Super Bowl as bad as anybody could want it. And for him to be carried off the field, for the owner of the team to say, this one's for John, it was such a, it was such a great moment for John Elway. And everyone thought that was it. You know, now he's done it, and he doesn't need to do it again. Well, he went back. And did it again the very next year in a probably yep. a lot easier fashion. I don't think there was much drama this time around, but they went and they won the Super Bowl again. And John Elway was able to retire winning back-to-back Super Bowls. And I think that's a pretty good way to go out. But Super Bowl 32 was a great one because we finally were able to get a legend to finally get his first Super Bowl title. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. And again, props to Terrell Davis for playing with a migraine and winning Super Bowl MVP. No question about it. So That is number four on my list, Super Bowl 32. Number three, Super Bowl 47, Ravens 49ers. The Harbaugh Bowl, Jim versus John. This game featured two brothers coaching against one another, a lengthy power outage, and a riveting comeback by the 49ers, which fell just short in the fourth quarter when Colin Kaepernick could not connect with wideout Michael Crabtree on fourth down. The Ravens held on to win, and veteran defensive players Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were able to end their storied careers on high notes. That game was probably one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen. I mean, and the, the power outage just the power outage was the icing on top of the cake. Because I remember when that happened, there were like a whole bunch of memes about it. Like, I think I know who's responsible for this. Like, and you had the whole like the, the Dinkelberg memes and stuff like that. It was it was really, really funny. So that game definitely had everything to me. Super Bowl 47, Ravens 49ers is number three on my list. Yeah, I mean, you know, we look at the first half of that game and even early into the third quarter, the Ravens were just kicking the crap out of the Niners. I mean, it looked like it was going to be just another one of those blowouts. And then the power goes out, which we had never experienced before. I think it took like an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes before the lights actually were able to come back on. And it seemed like once the lights came back on, the offense of the Niners turned on and, and all of a sudden you just saw them scoring point after point and it got down to the end and it came down to a fourth down play where the Niners, if they score a touchdown, they, they pretty much win the game. And it was going to be, it was going to be interesting to see, 
you know, what would have happened there, but a great defensive player, I forgot who exactly made the play, but a great defensive play there at the end was able to deny the Niners of winning, of scoring a touchdown and winning that game. Joe Flacco, who is from New Jersey, won the Super Bowl MVP. And yeah, and, and Ray Lewis got to go out a champion winning his second Super Bowl. And that was just a great thing for Baltimore that they were able to get to the mountaintop again. And, and one of the craziest Super Bowls uh, we, we certainly have seen over the last uh, many, many years. Crazy is indeed an understatement, in my opinion, on what that game was. But that's number three on my list. Quick recap here. Top five Super Bowl games, according to yours truly. Number five, Super Bowl 25. Number four, Super Bowl 32. Number three, Super Bowl 47. Number two, Super Bowl 34. Starring the greatest show on turf, Rams versus Titans. Kurt Warner went from grocery store bagger to Super Bowl MVP in a dominant 400-yard performance and a Super Bowl victory with the greatest show on turf. The game was back and forth and is best remembered for Kevin Dyson's outstretched arm coming up just a yard short of the end zone, denying the Titans their first Super Bowl win. Now, I got to be honest with you. I thought Dyson had it. I thought he had the touchdown to give the Titans the lead and their first Super Bowl win. But, oh, was he so freaking close to getting it. Just a yard shy. And look, the greatest show on turf. I mean, you can't deny what a juggernaut they were. I mean, Kurt Warner, uh, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce. I mean, all those other guys, you name it. They were just virtually unstoppable offensively. So, Got to give the St. Louis Rams back then, not Los Angeles, St. Louis Rams. Keep that in mind. That was their Super Bowl victory from the 1999 season. Yeah. So Super Bowl 34, Rams-Titans is number two on my list. Yeah, I mean, talk about before the greatest show on turf. Uh, you know, St. Louis, the gateway to the West. You know, we're able to finally get a Super Bowl. They weren't the, the same old Rams that a lot of people were accustomed to seeing. And you look at Kurt Warner who came in, and was basically an unknown coming in for Trent Green. Everybody thought, you know, adding Trent Green would make the Rams a Super Bowl contender. They had, you know, Torrey Holt. You know, they had so many other guys. Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, one of the smartest football players to ever play the game. You know, DeMarco Farr on the defensive side. And, you know, that was a great Super Bowl. I still remember when Kurt Warner, just he was about to get hit, through a nice, you know, deep pass to Isaac yes. Bruce for the go-ahead score, which ultimately ended up being the game-winning score. And then for Tyson to be denied by one yard um, was as dramatic of a finish as you could get in a Super Bowl. And I don't think that game is talked about enough. And I kind of wonder to myself this, if the Titans had scored there and won the Super Bowl, would you put Steve McNair, which ironically, I'm actually wearing his Ravens jersey that I got I noticed. Many, many years ago. Um, I kind of wonder if they would have put him in the Hall of Fame had he won that Super Bowl. Hmm. I wonder. I really do. That would definitely, that would be an interesting argument because he, I, I think he's borderline. He's a borderline Hall of Famer in my opinion. But he have gotten that. If he had gotten that Super Bowl, then you could definitely, you can definitely make that case for him. But unfortunately, it was not meant to be for the Titans. They lose. Rams win that Super Bowl. Super Bowl thirty four is number two on my list. Quick recap here: number five. Super Bowl 25, Giants-Bills. Number four, Super Bowl 32, Broncos-Packers. Number three, Super Bowl 47, Ravens-49ers. And number two, Super Bowl 34, Rams-Titans. And as usual, before we get to number one, I do have two honorable mentions here. The first one, 
Super Bowl three, Colts, Jets. Now, why do I have this as an honorable as an mention? Honorable mention. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Hey, at wow. least at least it's not completely left off this list. Otherwise, I would have been eviscerated even more than oh, I already probably will be. You would have you would have been theoretically shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, but honorable mention? Yeah. That's a yes. Yes. The New York I think Jets I have an idea the- as to where you're going with number one, by the way. <sighs> Considering that that's not number one, I think I know what it is then. You'll find out eventually. The New York Jets were expected to lose by as much as 18 points. 18, all right? But Joe Namath and his famous guarantee won out against NFL MVP Earl Morale and the Baltimore Colts. Although Namath did not score a touchdown. I'm sorry? Earl Morrill. Earl Morrill. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Earl Morrill. Earl Morrill. Sorry, I had to think about that for a minute. Yep. But Joe Namath's guarantee beat him out. And although Namath... Did not have his greatest game. He didn't even score a touchdown in that game. All right. But the Jets did win 16 to 7. But his performance and leadership, both on and off the field, led him to being awarded Super Bowl MVP. Look, I know it's disrespectful having it as an honorable mention, but you know what? Dude, I told I I told you. It is. I told you this was not an easy list for me. And I, I almost had this as number one. I almost did. But there was one in particular that really, really stood out to me, and I'll, I'll get to it when I get yep. there. But yep. that's another honor. That's one honorable mention. Here's the other one where I might be theoretically shot for not having this anywhere on the list: Super Bowl Seven, Dolphins, Redskins. Oh my Again, God! You're really another get one. Shot. Another one. Really another one. Killed. But hey, Ooh. hot takes coming. Ooh. I'm bringing them here. Miami's perfect season was put in jeopardy by a botched snap and an errant throw by Garo Yapremian, which led to a 49-yard touchdown by Mike Bass that cut the Dolphins' lead in half with just over two minutes to play in the game. However, the Dolphins' legendary no-name defense kept Washington from further capitalizing. Again, another one where I'm going to be theoretically shot, but you know what? I don't care. I'm coming in with the hot takes. Those two honorable mentions are hot takes, and I stand by it. You can't change my mind. I get it. Both of those Super Bowls were iconic. Absolutely no question about it. I am not denying that whatsoever, but you know what? Again, there was one in particular that stood out to me the most, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but those two are my honorable mentions. Again, before we get to number one, which might be a bit of a shocker, and again, I'm I'm ready for the heat. Come at me. I don't care. I can take it. But another quick recap here for the top five Super Bowl games. Number five, Super Bowl 25, Giants-Bills. Number four, Super Bowl 32, Broncos-Packers. Number three, Super Bowl 47, Ravens-49ers. Number two, Super Bowl 34, Rams-Titans. Honorable mentions, Super Bowl 7, Dolphins-Redskins. Super Bowl 3, Colts-Jets. And number one, all right, listen. All right. Okay. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. All right. First of all. Go ahead. You disappoint me big time <laughs> those two Super Bowls. I already know, considering what you just said, I already know what number one is because you are biased and I know exactly where you're going with it and everybody else knows where you're going with it unless I'm completely full of crap. But I am disappointed <laughs> that both of those games were not in your top five. Hey, you know what? At least they weren't left off the list. So you at least got to give me props for that. Mention, it's like you're, you're making it seem like it wasn't as big of a deal as it was. 
Um, it, it absolutely was a big deal, but this one to me, I'm I'm sorry. I know, okay. I know. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the heat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, come come at me. I can take it. I'm a man. Yeah, I can take yeah. the heat. But you don't watch football. That just proved it right there. You're a fraud. You're really going to question my football knowledge now. Okay, okay. I'll play along. But anyway, but yes, number one to me, yes, I might be biased for it, but I don't give a damn. It's Super Bowl 42, Giants-Patriots. Now, here is why. Here's why. Hear me out. After finishing the regular season undefeated, the Patriots were attempting to become the first team since the Miami Dolphins, obviously, in 72, to win it all with a perfect record. They were heavy favorites against an overmanned Giants squad. And the Giants, look, let's face it, they had no business even competing with a team like the Patriots that year. All right. They had absolutely no business. They went nine and seven that year. Nobody thought Did they were going to make it. Did you not watch week 17? Huh? Did you not watch week 17 when those two yes! teams played? Yes. What do you mean they had no business being on the field? They already proved that they were the, by that point, they were already the most competent team that the, that the Patriots have played all year. Fine, fine, fine. Just saying. Whatever. Anyway, but as I was saying, Eli Manning and David Tyree came up with one of the most clutch plays in Super Bowl history, avoiding an almost sure sack on third and five. Manning heaved up a prayer that Tyree pinned against his helmet and somehow held on. Thus, the helmet catch was born. And then, of course, the go-ahead touchdown of Plastico Burris went on to be the game winner. And the Giants pulled off one of, one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history. Not the biggest, one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history. So, yes, come at me with all the heat you want. Come at me. I can take it. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, come at me. But I stand by this list. And hey, look, if I had left those, if I had left the two honorable mentions off of this list, period, I would have taken a lot more heat than I probably will right now. But you know what? I stand by this list. That is my top five list of the best Super Bowl games that I have ever seen. And I'm sorry. And I, and I, and I am sorry to disappoint my friend and my co-host here. As I can tell, if you're not watching on YouTube... I'm not the only one here, by the way. I'm not the like only one ready to come through the screen and murder me. You disappointed a lot of people. <laughs> so let me try to... Let me try to salvage some people's, you know, emotions here. Go ahead, Neil. The floor is yours. I only I'm, have I'm, one I'm biased. taking enough heat All as right. it is. I only have one biased one, okay? And I put it at five so that people can be okay with it. Okay. Number five. Super Bowl 11, Pasadena, California. Raiders kicked the ever-living living crap out of the Minnesota Vikings 32-14. to 14. Now, here's why. Let me tell you why. First of all, the Raiders for several years prior to that were the bridesmaid never a bride. They had to constantly deal with the BS of the immaculate reception and all the happy horse manure of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the lily white Miami Dolphins, you know, all these teams, okay? They had to deal with all that crap. Finally, in 1976, going into 1977, they were able to finally exercise the demons. They beat the crap, the crap out of the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. They go to the Super Bowl against another bridesmaid team in the Minnesota Vikings, who had already been to three Super Bowls prior to this. 
They'd right. already been the three and had not gotten the job done. The Raiders were going to make sure that they were not going to let this slip away. And the game was still in question in the first half, right? And the Vikings had the ball on fourth down, or I think it was, I think it was either second or third down, actually. And it was right from the one-yard line of the Raiders. They run the ball up the middle of the foreman. And who makes the play to force the fumble? None other than my uncle, number 41, left outside linebacker, Phil Villapiano. He makes the tackle, fumbles the ball, Raiders pick it up. The Vikings never recover from that and get the doors blown off them because of the likes of Kenny, the snake stabler, Dave Casper, the friendly ghost tight end. You have Fred Bolitnikov with Stickum. You have old man Willie Brown getting an interception return for a touchdown. John Madden winning his first Super Bowl, being carried off and nearly crushing every cameraman as he was being thrown down to the ground. I mean, you had everything. The Raiders finally were able to prove that they were one of the best teams in the 70s and even in the early 80s. They proved that. They were a dominant force. Just win, baby. And that's what the Raiders did in Super Bowl Eleven. And my uncle made the play of the game, which everybody talks about. And that was the turning point of that entire game. He didn't win MVP, obviously, but that was the that was the biggest play of that game. That's what won them the Super Bowl. So that's why it's number five on my list. Is it biased? Yeah. Like Jimmy said, don't care. And the other guys have my list, you'll understand. So now, go to number four. Another Super Bowl that you had already mentioned, Super Bowl 47. Ravens 34 to 31 over the San Francisco 49ers. Not really much else to say. Blowout in the first half, it looked like honestly that this was going to be a cakewalk for the Ravens. The power goes out. You know, Ray Lewis has conspiracy theories up the wazoo about, oh, the NFL didn't want this to be a blowout, so they tried to do something to change the momentum. And if that's true, it certainly worked out as the Niners were able to come back, cut the deficit to just three, and had a chance on fourth down to go and score a touchdown to give themselves the chance to win the football game. And unfortunately, a great defensive play by the Ravens denied the Niners, and the Harbaugh ball was won by John Harbaugh, and the Ravens were able to win their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Ray Lewis went out a Super Bowl champion, a two-time Super Bowl champion, Joe Flacco, Super Bowl MVP from New Jersey, I might add, because I yes. like mentioning those things, and that is number four on my list. Number three is one of the Super Bowls that Jimmy so kindly forgot to mention on his top five list. He put it in the honorable mentions, but he didn't put it in his top five. Number three is Super Bowl freaking seven because right. it's the only right. Super Bowl in which a team won it and went undefeated the whole year. And that has never been done before. And I'm telling you right now, it's never going to happen again. No, it's it not. never happen. Now, yes, was the game itself crappy? I mean, from a score standpoint, yes, it was 14 to seven. Right. And you know what was funny is that the Dolphins were trying to kick a field goal to win the game 17 to nothing in a 17 to no perfect season. And as, you know, Larry Zonka, the Hall of Fame running back for the Dolphins at that time said, when you're looking to try to create destiny, destiny kicks you right square in your ass. Yep. And that's what happened there. Aguero, your premium, trying to throw a football, which he clearly proved he couldn't do. And then he made an awful attempt to even try to tackle the guy to give up a touchdown. I mean, they nearly lost the game because of that crap. But luckily, they were able to win the Super Bowl. I believe the Super Bowl MVP was a defensive back. Uh, yes. Number 13, his name escapes me. 
and I apologize for that, but he had two interceptions in the game, uh, which basically won them that Super Bowl, and the Dolphins completed the only undefeated season in the Super Bowl era. I know there's been undefeated seasons prior to 1966, but this was the first one and the only one in the Super Bowl era. Right, right. For that reason, he's number three on my list. So, quick recap here. Number five, Super Bowl eleven. Raiders beating the Vikings 32 to 14 in Pasadena, California for their first Super Bowl title. Number four, Super Bowl 47, the Baltimore Ravens defeating the San Francisco 49ers in New Orleans 34 to 31 in the famous um, blackout bowl, as I call it. Um, and then Super Bowl three, like I just mentioned, Super Bowl, sorry, not three, Super Bowl seven. Sorry. Um, Super Bowl seven is number three on my list. Miami Dolphins being the Redskins 14 to seven to become the only undefeated team in Super Bowl history, 17 and 0, perfect season. And interestingly enough, you want to talk about Super Bowl three for a minute. You know who was the quarterback most of the year for the Dolphins in, ni- in 1972? Earl Morrow, who mm. was the losing quarterback of Super Bowl three because Bob Greasy got hurt. Yep. So there's a fun fact for all you. There, there's a trivia question for any of you guys out there. If you need it. <laughs> um, now we'll go to number two. And like Jimmy said, there is there is bias to this, but it's also understandable in many ways because we consider the impact of it. Super Bowl 42, the Giants defeating the New England All Patriots 17-14. Right. to 14. Look, I remember being in Orlando, Florida, actually. I went to the Champ Sports Bowl that year between Michigan State and Boston College. Interestingly enough, Matt Ryan was the starting quarterback of Boston College at the time. That was his last game in college before he went to the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I was staying at the Nickelodeon Hotel, which is a great hotel if you're a kid. I mean, honestly, nice. it's like actually like fun as hell. It really is. If you ever go, get an opportunity to go, go check it out. It's, it's like fun as hell. You'll have fun. Even if you're there for like two days, you'll have a blast. There's no question about it. But Super Bowl, but you know, the week 17 game, which I believe was on New Year's Day. I want to say, I think it was New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. It was one of the two. Right. It was a shootout. I think it was like what? 34 to 31 or something 32 to it was something it was very close 34 to 31 i believe was the yes. final score of that one it was a shootout and nobody could believe it. nobody could believe that the giants who at that time had nothing to play for in that game you know they weren't going to move up in the standings or get better position in in the playoffs they came out and they wanted to make a statement the giants had their main guys out there patriots had their main guys out there and the patriots ultimately won the game but everybody understood the giants can can hang with this team and what they do. They go upset the Cowboys in Dallas. They go upset Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. And I missed the game. They beat up on the uh, Tepe, Tepe Buccaneers in the wildcard game, by the way. Yes. And then they go to the Super Bowl. And yes, nobody thought the Giants were going to win. I, I had confidence in being a little kid. I, I had pretty good confidence that the Giants were going to win that game. And what did they do? Their defense, led by Steve Spagnola, who is once again – going to be going up against Tom Brady this week. So, well, it should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, they got the head to get to Tom Brady, and they did. Justin Tuck, OCU Manora, Michael Strand, they got to him. Forced them to make a couple bad decisions, fumble the football. And even though the Giants' offense wasn't getting a lot of points, they were hanging tough with them. Then they went down 14-10, to 10, and the Giants had to get the football back. And as we know, Eli Manning nearly threw an interception to Asante Samuel and went right through his hands. That would have ended it. They had to go for it on fourth down, and Brandon Jacobs got a fourth down. Then on a sec, I think it was either second or third down, midfield, or at their own 40, you know, Eli Manning looks like he's about to be sacked. 
He's able to get out of it. Third, it down on the a, middle on of the third field. and five. Third and five, thank you. David Tyree makes a helmet catch. And, you know, as, as they say, the rest is history. And the Giants were able to go on and win that Super Bowl and prevent the Patriots from becoming the second team in NFL history to go undefeated. And I think you would have made an argument to say that that might have been the greatest team of all time had they won that Super Bowl. Yeah. But they didn't. And the Giants were able to win their Super Bowl. Eli Manning, Super Bowl MVP, I might add. Yes. And first, first of two. Able, first of two. First of two, obviously. I don't think Super Bowl 46 was as dramatic as no. Super Bowl 42. No. But it was still great. It was one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time with all the impact that it had, all the craziness that was in it. And the Giants were able to come out on top and be Super Bowl champions. And that was, by the way, may I add, that was Michael Strahan's uh, last season as an NFL player. So he was able to go out as a champion. So good on him for that. Oh, it was huge. It was absolutely, absolutely huge. So now we'll go to my honorable mentions. I got a couple. Now I'll kind of go through them pretty quickly here. So the first one I have is one that you mentioned in your top five, Super Bowl 32, Broncos defeating the Packers 31 to 24. You know, John Elway getting the first of what would be his two Super Bowls that he won, you know, with Terrell Davis winning Super Bowl MVP in that one, even dealing with migraine headaches, he was still able to perform very, very well. And the Broncos were able to win their first NFL championship. And that was, that was a great thing. Next one. And I, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention this one, or you oh. may have, I might've missed it, but I, I probably didn't mention this one. Super Bowl 51. Oh, 28 wow. to three. Need I say more? The Falcons were up 28 to three. And I remember sitting there at my uncle's house and talking to my uncle and I say, man, this is like, this is the most boring Super Bowl I ever watched. Remember, we had just seen a couple of years ago where the Seahawks had blown out the Broncos at MetLife Stadium. And I thought that was boring. This was like worse. And as the game got closer and closer, my uncle kept, you know, picking on me saying, oh, Neil, is is it more entertaining now? Is it more entertaining now? Like it was this constant thing. And Sure enough, the Patriots came all the way back, won in an overtime in the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, the greatest choke job in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. And all the Falcons had to do was score one more touchdown, and the Patriots would not have been able to come back and win that yep. one. But the legend of Tom Brady was uh, grown even more after that Super Bowl. And the Falcons have just never been able to recover from that, as we've seen over the last couple of years. But that, to me, is, is one that stands out. Without a doubt. And the last one that I have here is Super Bowl 49 between the okay. Patriots and the Seahawks. Patriots winning 28 to 24. But obviously, we remember instead of the Seahawks running the ball up the middle with Marshawn Lynch, which would have been the smartest thing to do, they throw a pass and it was intercepted by unknown at the time, cornerback Malcolm Butler, who had been pretty much torched most of that game prior to that. But he made a big time play to win the Super Bowl and to prevent the Seahawks from winning two Super Bowls in a row and beating the Patriots, which would have been a phenomenal thing. And you have to remember this as well. The Patriots were going into that Super Bowl having lost their previous two that they had been in. Right. I mean, you're thinking about, it had been a decade since the Patriots had won a Super Bowl. Think about that. They won in 2004, and then what happened? Didn't win in 07, didn't win in 2011. And then they get back to the Super Bowl a couple years later, and they were finally able to win that Super Bowl and get it done. And that was an important thing. And that was a big time play that they had, without a doubt. And so for me, I put it as one of my honorable mentions because of the impact of it, without a doubt. And Malcolm Butler making a crap load of money and notoriety off of that interception 
was certainly a big yep. time deal. So that, those are my honorable mentions. So again, just really quickly, just a recap before I get to number one. Number five, Super Bowl 11, Raiders 32, Vikings 14. Number four, Super Bowl 47, Ravens 34, Niners 31. Number three, Super Bowl seven, Miami Dolphins 14, Washington Redskins seven. Number two, Super Bowl 42, New York Giants 17 to 14 over the New England Patriots. And my honorable mentions are Super Bowl 32, Broncos 31 to 24 over the Packers. Super Bowl 51, 34 to 28 Patriots over the Atlanta Falcons. Super Bowl 49, and Super Bowl 49, New England Patriots over the Seattle Seahawks 28 to 24. And number one is another one that Jimmy so kindly decided to not put on his top five. He did put it on his honorable mentions, but that's not, doing it, that's not doing it. That's not justifying it. That's not doing it just. Super Bowl three, New York Jets 16 to seven over the Baltimore Colts. Let me explain to you why this is not only the most important Super Bowl, it is the greatest game ever played. It is better than the 15-8-59 NFL championship game. Excuse me? Yes. Let me explain. Let me explain. Going into 1968-69, right? What had happened in the first two Super Bowls? The AFL, which had been basically there for about a decade, had been destroyed by the Packers both times, the Raiders and the Chiefs both getting the doors blown off them, and everybody looking at it and saying, see, this proves that the AFL is not as good of a league as the NFL. And the Jets were coming in with the $100,000 quarterback. You had a defense that was arguably one of the most impressive defenses in AFL history. And you're going into this as 18-point underdogs. Nobody has ever been that big of an underdog going into a sporting event, let alone a Super Bowl. Clearly, everybody thought that the Jets were going to get destroyed because the Colts had been so dominant that year. Earl Morrill was the NFL MVP that year, replacing an injured Johnny Unitas. You know, you had so many great players. Eric Berry, you know, you had Bubba Smith on the defensive side. You had Don Shula who hadn't even gotten to the point of being one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time. You had you had Chuck Knoll, who hadn't even been the coach of the Steelers yet on that side. Yep. Are you kidding me? Oh, and by the way, you know who the Jets had? They had Weed Eubank, but they also had Buddy Ryan. Everybody yep. remember Buddy Ryan from the 85 Chicago Bears? Yep. Yeah. They had, they had, there was talent on both sides of the ball. But the Jets came in, and Joe Namath was so freaking tired of everybody asking him, you know, do you think you're going to win? Do you think you're going to win? Or somebody, hey, we're going to kick your ass, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know what? BS on that. We're going to win the game. I guarantee it. Nobody has ever done that. Nobody has ever done that. Excuse me. You can cut, you can edit that out if you'd like. Um, or keep it. I don't care. Um, but the Jets came in and their game plan was simple. Establish the run. Because all the, all the Colts were thinking about was we got to stop Joe Namath. We got to stop Joe Namath. Well, you established the running game. In this situation, usually I, I go the pass sets up the run. This was different. The run sets up the pass. When they were expecting run, they went to play action. They did a lot of check with me's at the line of scrimmage, and they were able to do well. With Snell at the running back position, their offensive line doing a great job of blocking. Joe Namath didn't turn over the ball once in that entire game. He threw a couple of beautiful passes to get the ball rolling. And Earl Morrill made a lot of mistakes in that game. He was 
he was blown away by how good the defense of the Jets was. And they tried to bring in Johnny Unitas to try to salvage it and try to somehow win that game. And they didn't do it. And it didn't work. And the Jets were able to upset the Colts. Do you understand? Nobody thought the AFL was good. Nobody thought that they were a legit league. And Joe Namath, of all people, who at that time was certainly the face of the American Football League, was able to go out there, guarantee that they would win, and actually get, go on and, and do exactly what he said he was going to do. And we have that iconic him running off the field, doing the number one thing. He said he never yes. did it before or after. The Jets won still their only Super Bowl ever. And the Colts, even though they were able to win the Super Bowl two years later, they never recovered from that. They could, the players on that team could never accept the fact that they lost Super Bowl three, mm. that they lost it. And then the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl the next year. And when the merger happened, the two teams, the two leagues were two and two. So it proved that the American Football League was equal. It proved it 100%. And so to me, that was so impactful because it, it showed that there was another league out there that had great players. And it was able to come together to form what is now the act, you know, the nowadays the National Football League. And that was so big because nobody thought that the NFL could be beat by anybody. And the Jets and the American Football League and Joe Namath proved everybody wrong. So to me, Super Bowl three is the greatest Super Bowl of all time and the greatest football game ever played. Look, I mean, you you definitely make a fair argument. I, I can't argue with anything. Fair. That I mean, I, I, think I, I, like, I never I think make a great argument. I, I, I never once denied that it was an iconic game. Absolutely. It is. There's absolutely no question about it with everything that was on the line with what Joe Namath did. Absolutely. But look again, I'm biased. I know. And Hey, like Neil and I said, we don't care. Come at me. I can take the heat, but I stand by my list. Neil stands by his list. That is our list of the top five best Super Bowl games that we have ever seen. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of a very heated episode, I should add, of the Bottom Line Podcast. If you agree or disagree with any of our lists, or if you want to leave your own list, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX and on Twitter at the MVP Show, hashtag Bottom line, leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for the Bottom Line Podcast. Again, come at me with all the heat you want. I can take it. That's the beauty of sports talk, ladies and gentlemen. But coming up in the next episode, we will finally preview the big game. Super Bowl 55 is just upon us. Chiefs, Bucks, it is going to be a blast. We'll give a full breakdown and we will give our predictions on who will win. It's going to be so much fun. So stay tuned for that. For Neil Villapiano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace out.